I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret, I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club. The show is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always, always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? So, as always... So good. Yeah, you're so boring. <laughs> Not joining us as always is listener Catherine. Welcome, Catherine. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Um, today we are going to be talking about A Brush with Love by Maisie Eddings, and later we are going to get to know Catherine a little better. But first, Mom Catherine, what have you been reading and watching? Let Catherine start. Catherine. All right. True ladies so... first. <laughs> So, Ouch. Um, Ellen, have you read the 10 tip trends to seduce your best friend yet, or is that still I have not. Reading? Okay. I have, so It's we can't on my talk, reading We can't list. get to that all no. the way yet. But no. Yeah, I read I, that one. I mean, I've been reading, reading Penny Reed since, like, I started getting into romance, and, like, I think this is my favorite book of hers. Oh. It was really good. I, I really loved it. Um, okay. And I started a I started a book club in my neighborhood that's basically like the free for all, but like as a book club, and everyone Cute. just talks about what they read, and that's the book that I took to that. Um, and then there was a Sarah Smith book that I read. I have it written down. Um, but I had there was one, and that one I thought would be like really good if you. Um, I that let's see, sorry. Um, Sarah, I don't know if I've ever read a Sarah Smith or know of her. Mm. I don't know. There's always there's romance. And yeah, and this one was time. this one was my favorite one of her uh, hers. And um, it was the Close Up by Sarah Smith, and it's a contemporary. Um, and that one was really good. And then right now I'm reading Shortcake. I think. Oh no, Peanut. I read Shortcake, and I'm reading Peanut by Lucy Watson. And Digging Up Love by Chandra Bloomberg. Um, wow. and that one, we got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that, <laughs> one, that one is about like an archaeologist um, who finds bones in the backyard of like the hero's an archaeologist and he there's like a dinosaur in her grandma's backyard and he has mm-hmm. to come into town and like look at it. And so the cover is really cute because she's a baker and he's an archaeologist. So there's like bones in the cake um and it, it, it yeah. doesn't look that it doesn't look as gross as it sounds um it's a dinosaur then... in my backyard but it's my husband <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, rude right sorry um Actually, we're kind of looking for something new to watch because it's been kind of in a lull yeah, with us and watching, because I we just haven't been watching because I've been so well, busy. Ellen hasn't been able to watch anything with me, so we've been putting everything off until the summer. So I'm feeling like next week we're going to have a lot to report. Um, I've been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers because I wanted to go see the movie, and so I caught up on that, and then we went and saw 
the movie. The movie. Um, yeah. So that's what I... Ellen has a special connection to Bob's Burgers. I do. Um, the character of Tina is, like, my soul sister, so... It is. Um, and I have a friend that... I think we talked about this before, but I have a friend that is an an animator on the show, and, like, he, one year for my birthday, drew a picture of me with Tina as in the style of Bob's Burgers, and then I got to go to a table reading with, like, the cast of, um, so that was really cool. That's so cool. Um... Yeah, so it's got a special place in my heart. Um, and the movie was, I thought it was fun. It especially was fun. if you like the show, it's its a fun movie. Um, you've been yeah. watching a lot of Marvel. I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies. Because Ellen wouldn't watch anything with me. And so I just started watching. I did a whole rewatch of all the Marvel movies. You do this just, a lot. Well, I've done it one other time. But, but And it was not that long just ago. Just because my favorite scene in all of moviedom is when everybody shows up at the end of Endgame. And seriously, like, I was sobbing, crying. I cry, too. (laughs) Again, watching it. But I wanted to watch that scene, and I thought, well, I won't really appreciate it unless I've watched all the movies beforehand. So just over the last few weeks, I've been watching. one scene, you've watched, like, 25 (laughs) movies. I have. So that was my... But it killed my time waiting for you forever to get done. Um, And then... We were talking about this with Catherine beforehand, but um, I'm starting to feel a lot better because I found out that I passed all my stuff. And so I effectively, like, except for in writing, not officially yet, but I will have my teaching credential. Now you have everything you need to submit to get your credential. Um, which is in process right now. And um, I got offered a job. Um, at the school where I've been working, teaching uh, fourth grade. So I've been um, looking into, because I haven't, I mean, I got uh, my emphasis in college essentially on children's literature, um, but I haven't like been in that world for a long time. And so I've been like researching books. So I kind of am starting like a TBR of fourth grade books. I've got you. We can uh, we can talk. I got okay, you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit, hit me up because I'm definitely like I'm like I don't I, I yeah I don't know what to read and like you know I want to figure out what books I want to do for read alouds and um and stuff like that. So if anybody besides Catherine has any recommendations, like let me know. I also like want to start buying books and stuff like that to have as a classroom library. So well, I taught fifth grade for mm-hmm. a while, so I know. Some stuff, and yeah. I have some things lingering around the house, but... Yeah, we I have to get up in the attic. Even I've been kind of out of touch with it for a while, so... Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. I'm I'm kind of like 80% thinking I'll take that job, but either way, I think I'll end up kind of in that area, in that so... Zone. Um, Not so going back to kindergarten? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them, and I cried a little bit, like, on the last day, especially, like, when one kid left, because he... Who's my little Well, homie. you're not supposed to pick favorites. I don't have a favorite, but if I did, it he would be, would be my favorite. Um, <laughs> That's what I say about my children. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, and so uh, I cried a little bit when he left. Um, but other than that, I was like, yep, I'm fine with you. Bye. Leaving. Bye. Um, no, See you but- in... Four years when you make it to fourth grade. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that opportunity, and I've been like staying up really late, looking on Instagram, and going down rabbit holes of classroom. Yeah, classroom management and classroom Create, lesson ideas, creations. Yeah, 
Awesome. And, um, so it's fun. Um, um, so y'all haven't gotten to the boys season three yet? No. No. We, okay. That's, that's oh. on our list. Okay. Have, okay. Have you been watching My it? My husband's been watching it. I jumped off after the first couple of episodes of season one. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's not yeah. for everybody. <laughs> no, but it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not for me, but um I know that I know that it's back because my husband's yeah. been yes. getting into it. I know, that. I keep yeah. seeing it trending on Twitter like every week and I'm like, gosh, I need to see what's going on. Um, just waiting for this one. Yeah. So this week we're we're definitely like back on the I wanna watch all the Marvel shows that we haven't watched yet, like Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. I'm super excited about Miss Marvel because I love those comics. Like, love those comics. Um, and we want to watch the Star Wars stuff. Star Wars shows. We haven't watched Boba Fett or Obi Wan. Um, yeah. We've and got, the boys. And the boys. There's other ones too, but yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Should we talk about this book? Yeah. Let's, let's do let's it. Okay, today we are going to be talking about A Brush with Love by Maisie Eddings. It is her debut novel that came out this past March. Her next book, featuring a character that we might know from this book, is Lizzie Blake's Mistake, and it's set to come out this September. And then she also has, um, I don't remember what the name of it is, but a book about Indira that is set. Um, is two not getting a book? Two and Alex? Uh, Maybe they already got it's together. Two pronounced like two. Yeah. Two. Two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I was saying it wrong. The don't whole time. don't skim it because it okay. says in there. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought when she was saying it was like two that no, she, she said was... the guy she went out with pronounced it like Thu. No, she said he pronounced it like something else. And it then was she different. told anyway, him to don't, pronounce it. Okay, like whatever. Um, the he pronounced it like the. Yeah. And so I thought that she was saying it was like the same sound as two. No, it's literally okay. Whatever. Um, well, so two. Kind of important. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, it's the Asian best friend, Ellen. Come I know, on. I know. They all have an Asian best friend lately, which is fine, but slightly tokenism. Anyway, um, I yeah, I don't know if maybe like her and Alex will be like together True. now, well, and so they don't have a book. But... Maybe they're the Cat and Dan of the. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the we'll series. I don't know. Like, they get together at the very end. Or, like, they're, like, on and off throughout, and then, like... Then know. they get their own book last. Yeah. yeah maybe. Well, they would have to be last if Lizzie and Indira are next, then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to... I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Oh, those um, dental school hijinks. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy kids. Um, okay, so here is the back cover description for this book about Harper and Dan, entitled A Brush With Love. Harper is anxiously awaiting placement into a top oral surgery residency program when she crashes, literally, into Dan. Harper would rather endure a Novocaine-free root canal than face any distractions, even this one this adorable. A first-year dental student with a family legacy to contend with, Dan doesn't have the same passion for pulling teeth that Harper does. Though he finds himself falling for her, he is willing to play by Harper's rules. So with the greatest of intentions and the poorest of follow-throughs, the two set out to be, quote-unquote, just friends. But as they get to know each other better, Harper fears that trading feelings for feelings, oh, that was fun, may make her lose control and can't risk her carefully ordered life coming undone, no matter how drool-worthy Dan is. Blood, gore, and extra long roots, no problem. The idea of falling in love, torture. Okay. Mom. 
Catherine, what did you think of A Brush With Love? Catherine, we will defer to you as our guest first. I liked it. I really, I, I really, I will give it a really like because I like the setting and I did confer with three dentists in order to wow. prepare wow. for this research. Prepare. Yeah. But, um, so one of my major quibbles was actually something that once I talked to a dentist, they said like, and, and I don't know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Dan's conflict at some point, but I had some issues with Dan's conflict, but when I kind of talked it over with an actual person who owns a dental practice, um, they were like, no, it makes sense that, um, he, he can't, cause he was, so he's in finance, Dan was, mm-hmm. and then his mom needs help running a business. So yeah. I was like, well, why doesn't he just do the business side and not spend four years in dental school when he could do the business side of the dental practice right now? Yeah. And, but, um, my brother-in-law who has a dental practice was like, well, with a small dental practice, there's not enough work for someone to do that as their whole job. But would it be easier than sending him to dental school for four years? Yes. So I'm still kind of stuck with, with the conflict with Dan. But overall, I thought it was really well written. Um, I thought, like, her anxiety was written really well. And, like, I thought Macy Eddings did a good job, like, warning everyone beforehand. Um, and kind of all of the, and, like, all of the reviews mentioned it. So I knew that it was going to be about anxiety going in. Yeah. So I think that's always good when they don't spring it on you. Yeah. Mom? I'm, I think I might give it a love, borderline love, really liked. I, I really enjoyed it. The things I, and as we get talking about it, I might fluctuate as to how I yeah. feel. Because <laughs> as we talk more, I was like, about the stuff that bugged me, because there were some things that bugged me. But I think overall, just the overall feeling I got from it, I think I, re- I, re- I haven't read a book that I enjoyed this much in a little bit, so. Um. I'm I'm a really like because there's things I really respect about it. Um, I had some qualms. I have qualms with the Dan thing as well, but they're a little different than yours, which we're gonna get into. Um, sometimes they were frustrating to read about for me, specifically her, <laughs> which we're gonna talk about for me. Um, but there's I thought there was really good banter, and overall they're just very sweet. Um, and, you know, there's some good, like, laughs in this one. There were some funny lines. I wrote down when they're uh, grocery shopping, and she talks about the food talking dirty to her. <laughs> and she says that the Oreos are the sluts of the cupboard. I found that to be very funny. Because um, we know they are. Because they are very <laughs> slutty. They're just, like, begging for it. Um, and uh, so there's stuff that I really liked in it. Um, it also slightly read kind of new adult to me i don't know if you guys i think it has i bet it's there is kind of like and they talk about there being a delayed adolescence for doctors lawyers and dentists people Mm -hmm. who are still in school and you could kind of tell that her friends kind of had a college attitude and she did in in some ways too and um like one of my one of my brothers-in-law when he was in dental school i could see like that him and his friends like it's not nothing wrong it's just like it felt like they were still in in college yeah yeah yeah, because they're still going to school every day and it's still that same social interaction and I did like that even though he was a first year he was 
like 25 or 26 or whatever her age mm-hmm. was um but yeah I think I think it has to do with that delayed adolescence thing I saw the new adult thing too because they're all in co- they're having those college interactions yeah they're sure. I mean they even literally went to a prom so yeah yeah so there's and um but that being said so it read as new adult which is not we historically we know that this is not always my favorite um but I in terms of that I I was fine with it I thought it was well done if that was a thing that is even intentional in the book um and yeah so we'll we'll get into some of my my stuff I will say but overall enjoyed it and um really liked it uh and like I said, there's definitely things I respect, whether or not I always, like, enjoyed them, <laughs> the things that I respect, we will also get into. Um, okay, what did we think of Harper as our heroine, Catherine Fox? I, uh, so I really liked her, and I liked her as a person, and part of her journey was that she wasn't very good at being in a romantic relationship but we're reading a book about her being in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. So that was a struggle to read because you just want her to act rationally. But it's very clear in the book that that's on purpose, like that she's not acting in the way you would want her to act and that it's tied up with her anxiety. And um, so I liked that a lot. I would say that the times where I had to put down the book because I was just like, "I, I can't deal with you right now was um was like when she was kind of making the same mistake over and over and over and he would be like hey so I don't like that you keep doing this to me and then she does it again and then you're like okay well that's frustrating so I did think I did find her frustrating but I think that was on purpose and I know she found herself frustrating so that like you know, it, it's not like she was accidentally frustrating. Yeah, so it's like I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, yeah, and she was going through it, so I'm fine with, I'm fine with how frustrating she was, and I liked how gifted she was at um, being a dentist and um, that whole plot line, and just like that, she wanted specifically to go into um, orth- orthopedic surgery. Is that yeah, no like oral, oral, oral surgery? surgery. Or orthopedic is somewhere else bones um yeah bones right oral surgery i like that she wanted to be a surgeon so she's gonna still i mean she's going to residency like this girl is never gonna stop being in school but um i mean i know that's not school she's a doctor now at the end of the book yeah but spoiler alert they she does graduate (laughs) that happens um yeah uh mom my thoughts were okay Same things as Catherine. There were parts that frustrated me about her, but um, I think that's intentional. I think that's part of it. My thought, though, while I was reading was, how did she get this far in academia if she had this kind of anxiety? This kind of anxiety. And even, like, in crowds, because when you're, like, doing undergrad stuff and and you're in lecture halls with, you know, 50 people or more, and it just seemed to me that this would have manifested itself way sooner. Well, not even that, because, I mean, she kind of, says that she just gets kind of claustrophobic. So, I mean, like, lecture halls aren't that, like, crammed. No, but like, she a bar hated being in of. crowds. Yeah. But um, my thing that I'm surprised didn't manifest is because she's so hard on herself that she, um, that she starts having panic attacks when she gets even, like, 
the slightest um, sense of failure. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just surprised that that didn't manifest itself um, earlier. That's true because she's working with, and she's been in doing the clinic for like a couple of years now. So yeah. you're working with people like it's very devastating when you make a mistake and it impacts someone's yeah. life and in that case, in that case, their health. So we just have to assume that she hasn't made a mistake in the entire time. And I know that she's very like talented and very, um, that part that's part of how she is, is she's just really competent. And I know sometimes competent people, once they do make a mistake, it's like the end of the world because they're not used to making mistakes. Mm -hmm. But like you're saying, like, how did she not have, like, how did she not make mistakes earlier than this? Yeah. Well, and the bigger problem I had really even, the thing that I was like, wow, that's bad, is when she was assisting in the surgery and she just started daydreaming about her boyfriend and messed up the surgery. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of people who go to med school and who, you know, fall in love and, and get engaged and whatever during med school and it doesn't affect them. That, to me, the daydreaming is a <laughs> concern for me. It's like, you're in the middle of surgery, you need to kind of stay focused a bit Stop better focusing on dan's abs or yeah whatever. <laughs> or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> but uh that was disconcerting for me it's like girl get your head out of the clouds you're in the game um okay so ditto everything that's been said i appreciate the journey journey and certainly appreciate that she eventually gets help do yeah. i wish that that had happened sooner yes but i recognize that that is part of the journey um Set, you know, mom and she, several times when she was reading was like, this girl needs to be in therapy. And I'm like, yeah, but at least like the author also recognizes that, you know, it's like, like we said, self-aware, frustrating. Oh well, my gosh. When she says, I'm a therapy graduate, I finished yeah. it. Yeah, I'm done. conversation she had with the friends about, you know, I did therapy and I learned everything I needed to know and I graduated. And, and it's like, you obviously didn't because like, you don't get that you don't graduate. You don't understand. I don't think that's how therapy works. Yeah. But I think that so fits her personality though, where she's like, okay, therapy, check. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> Got that one crossed off my list. Yeah. Well, and then when she explains about how she just didn't want to sit around talking about her mother all the time and that's why she left. And it's like, okay, then you didn't learn anything in therapy. I mean, that's the whole. Well, it's like, and obviously you still need to talk about your mother because obviously this is still this an is issue. This is a big issue. Um, so she is, like we said, frustrating to live in the head of at times, but I definitely think that that's intentional and yeah. obviously part of the journey. Um, I thought the depictions of anxiety were really well portrayed and not anything that I I know remember reading before. I know we've read a lot of um, depression and things like that, but like pure anxiety to this level, I I don't remember reading. Well, I I was as I was reading because I was the same way. I kind of got bogged down in some of that, and I was reading. I was thinking, well, like when I read the Helen Huang book, where we were kind of in her head and she was kind of going through issues. And I can't even remember the name of the book now. The last one. The yeah. The third one. But anyway, um, and I really enjoyed it. And this one was a little tougher. And I think the problem is we've read several of these now. So, yeah. and that's not the book's fault. So I was trying to read it with a clean slate brain. And I think that's why I was trying to think, you know, I think I would love this book if I hadn't read so many. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we were kind of talking to Catherine about this before, but I think the, like, the new trend seems to be, um mental health books with poppy covers yeah seriously um because we've had a lot of these now where it's depression and anxiety and well angsty books with 
these little poppy cartoon covers and it's like yeah. oh goodness. yeah now and the only thing you can tell if it's like a poppy cover you're like oh like maybe it's traditionally published yeah <laughs> like that's what it tells you more what we need to like be in the headspace of is it's that's you know just how every like romance adjacent book that's traditionally published is it's gonna have well a and especially cover. these books that are and you could call this one almost more of a woman's fiction in a lot of ways because it, there's a lot of romance yeah. that goes on. Um, so, it, you know, those especially, because they're trying to appeal to more than just the romance community. Yeah. So they use the poppy covers. Yeah, and I for, think that it was interesting that we were, it, it felt like a romance, but it was dual uh, points POV. of view. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um, and I know we'll talk about Dan now, but just like having it be a romance for her but we're still getting his point of view um was yeah. kind of an interesting well, take on i was it. glad to have his i was glad they had it too because i needed to get out of her head now and then yeah <laughs> that's such like a good voice. point yeah <laughs> yeah um but all that being said as like you said like as a person i i loved her and i thought she was great and i appreciated her and you felt for her drive yeah and i definitely felt for her and um so I thought all that was was good. Um, and we'll kind of talk about more of her specifics in a bit. But what did we think of Dan as our hero, Catherine? I thought it was really funny that they called him Dental Dan. Um, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And I've known a dentist named Dan before. And... Like, why Why didn't we take that opportunity, you know, to <laughs> come up with that name? Yeah, it really nine. was, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so like, maybe I should find him and tell him. <laughs> just to make that joke. I just thought of this name for you. <laughs> it's been a few years. <laughs> Remember me? Remember me? Dental Dan? <laughs> what do you think of that? Booyah. Out. I think that, um, like I said, his conflict for me... Um, I wanted him to pick up the phone to his mom. Yeah. This poor this poor woman is calling her son. She just lost her husband. She was in, you know, it was it's it was an it was a very complex complex loss because he was abusive to her and then she loses him and now her son her only child is not picking up the phone um because he doesn't want to talk about dental school like at least send her like a text of a meme or something like unrelated, you know. Maybe find a way to avoid the conversation, but like still be in touch with her because I was I was worried about her the whole book, like through all of his parts when he would just ignore her all the time, and it ended up working out. But I was worried about her. Um, so yeah, other overall, I liked Dan a lot. I thought that what y'all said earlier about having the two points of view being really good—that's um, such a good point. Like about having that reprieve of like being in Dan's head and his conflicts were like smaller scope or like just kind of the way he was dealing it was different um so it is kind of nice to have that balance um so I'm glad it was still so in love that it was it was kind of sweet to like see what he was thinking in this process because she was always kind of trying to like hold it back more but um to kind of be with him who's just like you know, stars in his yeah, eyes the yeah. whole book. I'll let it, I'll wait for whatever, whenever she's ready, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I totally get what you were saying about mom. I think it, it bothered me less because I could totally see where that was all going. 
My only other thinking was that maybe um, they would set it up so that Harper ends up working at the dental practice. Oh, but then, but then she's going to be an oral surgeon. Yeah, but then when it was became like very obvious that that was not the direction she wanted to go, I'm like, okay, so mom's just going to realize that, spoiler alert, Dan doesn't need to be yeah. at the practice. Um, my thing with the Dan conflict that really started to kind of bug me was that Harper never kind of took his side on that and was never like, this is obviously not something you want to do. You should jump ship. Like, cause that, that started to, there's, he does bring it up at one point. There, I mean, like he straight up tells her at one point, like, and she this asks is, him to power through. Yes. As she, where she's just like, this. he's like, this is not something I am passionate about. This is not even something I want to do. It's something I feel like I have to do, you know, to help my mom. But it, I have no love for it. I really miss finance, all this stuff. And she's just like, yeah, I mean, everybody sort of gets like that. So just, you know, keep going. And I was just like, no, that's like where you say, okay, dude, like, don't do this to yourself. Like, Get out. Do it. Do, live your life. Don't live someone else's. And, like, yeah. he, if he's making, if he's a finance bro, he could be yeah. making enough money to help his mom hire someone. In a different way, yeah. Instead of, yeah, like, he could help her with the, he could help her with running the businesses, like, pro bono or whatever. But then, like, if he wanted to send her money to hire another dentist instead of putting his money into dental school for four yeah. years, that could be better. But I, I did, I did like, I did like him a lot. I, yeah, yes, I loved Dan, is my thing. He's, he was just so sweet, and just, like, the sweetest little in-love puppy dog, where I, and to the point where I was just like, girl, like, you need to, like, step up and deserve this boy who is just so freaking head over heels in love with you, for sometimes seemingly no reason at all, other than, like, their Insta chemistry, which we are also going to talk about, um... And his other thing is he sounds hot, but not because I ever really necessarily had any sort of visual of what he looks like, but just because everybody keeps telling me he's hot and has, like, you know, good musculature. Has it going on? Um, I, I've decided I like it now when, um, because I'm very simple-minded, that when somebody in the book is just like, uh, dude, he looks just like Chris Evans or insert hot male celebrity. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. I got it. Yep, that does sound hot. You're right. I love Done. That. You don't need to continue with the description. Okay. I'm like, I'm sold. You, you got me. I just watched all the Marvel movies, so I, I got all that. You know exactly brain. what he looks like. I'm very familiar. Studied that footage. Yes, I I was doing research. Yeah. So is he supposed to look like Chris Evans then? No, but, I, oh, okay. but I'm just saying I like, I because I was thinking, um, you know, of books where they've done that well. And I'm like, oh, it's the books where they just straight up compare them to somebody. And I'm like, okay, got it. Nailed it. Um, because he was always just kind of described as like. Brown hair, green eyes. Brown hair, green eyes. Good chin, good jawline. I am a sucker for the dark hair, light eyes, though. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, nice. that's, a, that's a good, like your Turkish dude. <laughs> yeah. um that's a that's a good look and it does things to me yeah um okay. well so do a lot of other looks <laughs> I'm, I'm really not that picky <laughs> now the um <coughs> i i loved dan like with all my heart mm-hmm. and to the point where sometimes i was like yeah just move on and find someone who's better for you than her <laughs> she's a bit of a hot mess but bless you her know heart. bless her heart um but his uh 
his willingness to want to protect her, but then really realizing that he can't step, step in. Back. And he has to step back and let her do it herself. But then the one time when he punched his guy's stomach, I was like, yeah, I was here But for even it. she was like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that was that's great. Fine. I loved, I loved seeing that. <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, no, I did, I did like that moment, though, where he's, like, so desperately wants to step in, and she just keeps, like, giving him, like, the eye, like, stay out of this and has the conversation with yeah. him where it's just like you can't be my male savior yeah it's like that does not further the cause in any way to have you step in and save me um so i did appreciate that um but yeah he's just uh i just love him he was very sweet and um i was really glad oh i guess i'll save that for the conflict yeah don't get never into, mind i know I'm what you're gonna talk say about anything else stop it okay okay so, like I said, this is very insta-love, and a lot of people in the comments also have thoughts on this. Um, with bumps along the way, definite bumps along the way, and a lot of resistance on her part, I would say. Um, so, what do you think of the insta-love trope in general, and then how do you think it's done here? So, in, in general, I don't like it, which is why I think I like, um, like, the brother's best friend or the friends to lovers or something where they're shifting their their relationship and doesn't start as really loving each other but that said I liked it here I it didn't bother me until like closer to like 70% or something like that and then I was like wait this was insta love and what they they never like they just liked each other right away but when it happened I was on board and like I said, I asked Denists about this book, and when I told them about it, I told them the the inciting incident where he, she falls down a flight of stairs and drops his um, model Monster. of yeah yeah, and um, they all said, oh, that takes a lot of time. <laughs> so they were all they were all very upset about him. And I was like, don't worry, like don't worry, she helps him put it together. So. I and guess it's very romantic. It's like I, yeah. I pictured like ghost, you know, like the helping with each I'm other. Not sure it was potter. exactly like that. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how I was with it. No, the actually, pottery. like that gives her another point too, because like he was just some random first year, and she destroyed his whole thing, and then like she's like, okay, yeah, let's go. We're we're fixing this together. Yeah. Like I know how hard that was. Let's do it. And she's like the top of the fourth year class. Like how lucky for him to have her. So that actually thinking about that yeah that, that makes that makes me happier with her but um no usually not a fan of insta love yeah mom i think i think it was insta love on both sides on this but she just took forever to admit it to herself yeah i think for her it's more insta attraction and then very quickly becomes love that she keeps denying um, I think for but him, it's like straight up insta love. Someone needed to be an insta love, otherwise he wouldn't have stuck it out. I don't no. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think she the just fact pushes and pushes and pushes him off. Yeah. I think the fact that she doesn't like admit it to herself is why I didn't realize it was insta love until pretty far into the mm -hmm. book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I generally like to watch kind of the journey of falling more, um, because. And as exhibited here, it tends to get a bit frustrating for me when they're both so obviously, like, straight up in love with each other and one is, like, straight up professing it constantly. 
Um, and the other one's dragging their feet. And the other one's dragging their feet, which is always kind of the case with these insta-love books, is there's one that's dragging their feet for some reason. And still the case here, and this is kind of one of my qualms, it starts to get... It, it starts to feel kind of cruel in some ways, where it's like there's the other person, the one person is stringing the, the one person along and like gives them moments of hope, but then is then pulls back. And it's like, and she would go for like two weeks and not interact with him at all. Yeah. And then after they, yeah, like, and that's not friendship whatever. either. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess there's a lot of friends that you don't talk to for two weeks, but in that setting where they're in the same place all the time, not yeah. friends that I just made out with. Yeah. <laughs> never been my situation um, but I don't know and so that's where I, I I mean that she kind of gets a little more frustrating for me too is because it's it starts to feel mean and um well and she is straight up mean to her friends and she gets really mean with him yeah yeah um we which we'll talk conflict. about yeah but um so that's where I tend to have a struggle with insta love I don't I don't dislike kind of the stars in your eyes, you know, being in love the whole book, but just that it inevitably always ends up with somebody who just keeps going one step, like he says, going two, taking two steps and then taking 30 back. And that starts to get frustrating for me um, to read about. Well, like, now I'm thinking about what you said earlier about Kat and Dan from um, <laughs> the Knitting in the City, because... Yeah. Like, they did have insta-love, but they weren't able to have their book until, like, five books after that or whatever it was. Yeah. And so it was kind of fun that um, you were able to, like, like, that, I, I thought that was done really well where, like, it wasn't about their insta-love, it was about something else. Um, yeah. But they did have it, but we didn't have to read about it. So that was yeah. nice. We read yeah. about it from her friend's perspective, which is a more fun perspective to have when someone's instantly falling in love because you want to be that friend. Yeah. And watching your friends fall in love right away and, like, gossip about it. Yeah. And tease them about it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that's that's the insta-love for me, I guess. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I'll ask this question. I wasn't sure if we would still need it at this point. But what did we think of the portrayal of anxiety? Which we've kind of touched on. But, I guess, more in-depth feelings on this one. Catherine? I thought it was really, I thought, um, I thought it was really well done. And I think that if somebody, like, it could be hard to read, but that's because it's something that's hard to go through. And so you are going through it with her. Um, and like I said, I thought the content warning, like, was very clear. Um, and then when you kind of know that they're going to this party, um, you can kind of see it coming. So yeah. if you needed to dip out, you could at that point. So I did like that, um, and it was just it it was just hard to experience it as, you know, someone who cared about Harper and was like in her head. But the actual portrayal itself, I think, was done really beautifully and masterfully. Um, the parts of it were frustrating; were just parts of anxiety that are frustrating to live with. And like, I felt like um, Macy Eddings did a really good job of tying, like tying everything back to her anxiety and like saying like no she's not just being an idiot during these times like it really is something that she's struggling with um or she's being an idiot for these reasons basically um so I thought that was really well done without blaming it on her anxiety like not being like 
oh, you, you have to act like this if you have anxiety, but just how it was manifesting for her. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I thought it was really well written. I, I appreciated, I always appreciate learning more about stuff like this as I read these things. Yeah. But the, um, I never thought of it as such a physical pain. I mean, she just really describes it as being in physical pain, like all the time. And, um, then sometimes she can deal with it and other times it just becomes overwhelming. And, uh, I thought that, yeah, I thought it was described extremely well. And, um, well, in a very like visual and visceral sense where you could like feel it with her almost. And I thought that that was really well done. And, um, definitely. Um, yes, I agree. I thought it was really well done. And like I said, I appreciated the, the representation because I feel like we've had books where like anxiety has been touched on, but this is just straight up anxiety is what she's experiencing and, um, kind of where that's coming from and like kind of explaining all of that. Um, I, I think, um, I just, I, I might need a, a little break from all the, um, <laughs> mental illness. We, we've read a lot of books like this, uh, lately. I feel like this is, um, the new thing is to have these. And I, I, There's I, some books you might want to scratch from the summer reading club. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> thinking, but we need to read them with an open mind. Yeah. It might be easier now that you're out of your, uh, yeah, I think it's just time and place. Like I've said for me, um, I just need like some good frothy, silly, um, like, fun ones I think in the midst of these books probably because I just feel like especially for the podcast and I think it's um a lot of these kind of more traditionally published romance books that we've been reading um all have some sort of um trauma or depression or anxiety or um and that's not bad. I think that that should be out in the market. And I think that that representation definitely should be um, out there. But I just feel like it's very on trend right now. And so a lot of these new books that we're reading um, all include this. And I'm just starting to get, uh, I'm starting to need a little break, I guess, is where I'm at. With well, that. and we've talked about this before because we have talked about this with other books but um we have a very close friend who's a psychiatrist and and they talk a lot about this in the book about the shame associated with mm -hmm. seeking out help, help when you need it and it makes you feel like you're less than a person because less than as a person um but his whole thing is always you know, if you had something wrong with your heart, you'd go to a heart doctor and get it fixed. And if you had something wrong with your leg, leg, you'd go, you'd go to a ortho orth orthopedic surgeon orth <laughs> and get it taken care of. Not an oral surgeon. <laughs> Not an oral surgeon. <laughs> but um, so if there's something wrong in your head, you need to go to psychiatrists yeah. and get it taken care of. There's stuff they can do. It's not like it's it's not like the old days of just laying on a couch and doing you know, spilling your guts, it's, there's well, some medications. And, and it's also not like the old days in that the medications are better now. I mean, you still need to do some like trial and error, I think, but, um, but there, there, there's a lot better things out on the market now than there used to be. Um, that can actually like really help you. And so I was, so the whole book, I'm just like, 
because you do care about her and like it's and you feel for her because you're literally experiencing the anxiety with her so it's yeah. just like you want her to take care of herself and um and I appreciated that these people in her life cared about her enough to just be like girl we love you and you need to get help like you need to <laughs> talk about this with somebody whether it's us or a therapist or somebody and you need to s- and bless your friend's heart even when she wigs out on them they're just like yeah okay well and I love when too is like we can pretend like this never happened and just go on or, or we can talk about or we it. can talk about it so yeah you let me know what what you want yeah so and- I thought all of that was really well done so um, I I respect that about it um, I, I'm uh, what I'll say is I'm excited for an Amy Dawes next week <laughs> I feel like Amy Dawes is going to deliver on just the beefcake, you know, kind of old school, kind of smutty, <laughs> like sh- dirty rugby player love. I'm, I'm, I'm. That's that's what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> dirty um, rugby player love. <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> that should be the tag. <laughs> okay. Um. What did you make of the dentistry, which it sounds like Catherine has done some research on, um, and then of Dan's own journey with it, which I guess we've already kind of talked about, which I I wasn't sure if we would have talked about it at this point. But so dentistry. Yeah. So, okay. So this is what the dentists told me. Um, Everyone was kind of like impressed with Harper as a fourth year dating a first year, because that's not really something that happens. Um, so everyone was really impressed with her for, you know, dating, um, a four, or like, cause they, they kind of, even though they were the same age, like I think with dental school or other, like other parts of life too. Yeah. The hierarchy of each year being very separate. Um, and yeah, one of my, one of my brothers-in-law, like I said, like when I knew him, he was in dental school and we got to hear about the love lives of all of his friends, which was a lot of fun. And um, we still sometimes ask about how they're doing because it's like <laughs> it's like nice to know. Like, but yeah, like I guess soap opera, yeah, yeah. And dentist school soap opera. Yeah, one of the um, the dentists I was talking to, she said that her when they went to dental school, like that first day, they were like, well. None of y'all will be with your significant others by October. And it was mean, but it was true. And, like, everyone was, was our, um, and then, yeah, and then also someone else said, yeah, by that Thanksgiving, like, that Thanksgiving break, they have some time off, and then they all come back, and they're all single, and then they start dating each other. Um, Because they don't have time with anyone else. They just date each other. The only thing that they said was different was the first year and fourth year. And, um, yeah, I know that there are some people in the comments who are really excited about the fact that Maisie Eddings was in dental school while she also wrote the book. Um, and then she, and... like, just graduated, it seems, from her Instagram, so. Okay, cool. That's so fun. That she did. Yeah. yeah, she graduated and wrote a book at the same time. Yeah, it's impressive. I did that, too, though. So when the person <laughs> said that, I was like, I was like, well, I, well, I wrote my debut novel when I was in when I was getting my master's, but, um, and that has more writing than dental school, but yeah. that's okay. I was still impressive that Macy Eddings did it. And I love <laughs> that she wrote it about, I wrote it. I love that she wrote it about dental school and she was a dentist. That was really cool. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a setting that we haven't read yeah, before. Yeah, for sure. 
And I don't um, know if we'll get to read it again. This is like a special yeah. treat. Yeah. Um, I, I, know, I know a lot of dentists, but there's not a single one I could think of that I yeah. would ask about a romance novel. <laughs> okay, so yeah, here's my problem. Here's slightly my problem with okay. that. Is we know our dentist also in a social context. Okay. And he goes to church with us. And he's like a prominent leader at our church. And so I kept thinking about him while I was reading this book. And that was kind of throwing me sometimes. (laughs) Um, And then this morning I saw him at church and I was just like, I've been thinking a lot about you, but I don't want to tell you why because it's kind of weird. And And awkward next time he has his hands in your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, sir, tell me about this romance novel. Um, But yeah, I, I thought the setting was a lot of fun, very different than anything um that we've had before um and uh and she obviously knew a lot about what she was talking about i mean obviously as i was reading i was like okay because i hadn't read any of the pre-stuff i never do i always just jump into the book yeah but i was as i was reading i was like she definitely has has been to dental school or is in dental school because she married to someone who's a dentist She she knows what she's talking about yeah um i mean i just i I heard a lot more about oral hygiene than I ever have before in a romance Did it make you want to floss? Um, It didn't make me want to floss. I I didn't. I floss all the time anyway. I never (laughs) I've got my my permanent retainer that always makes it really hard to floss, and so flossing is always just ends up being... I know everyone wants to hear about our dental habits. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, And what I will also say, this this actually kind of hurt my heart a little bit, was when they're talking about the molds that you mentioned before um they talk about how a lot of people will throw up when gag when when gag when you put the the mold in and my cousin who we've who's been on the show whitney um who goes to the same dentist as us yeah who did (laughs) who did at the time um she she threw up all over the dentist when they did that to her and we gave her such a hard time and now that i know that it's common i feel a little like I can't make like fun of Like we should apologize, but we still will. We still will make fun because <laughs> she threw up all the time. So yeah, she did throw up a lot. Um. Anyway. So. Um. But yeah, definitely a fun setting. Um. And I really just wanted Dan to get out of it because he yeah. was into it. And I'm definitely Team Dan in that I do not understand. I've never been able to understand people who are like want to become dentists. I'm like. I mean, I'm glad there Why? are people who do. Yeah, and they make I a lot of never freaking money. I know, yeah. but um, but that's never been something where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm very interested in getting my hands in that person's mouth. And like, we our our dentist, his daughter, who was my age, she um, she's also a dental hygienist now. And so I've talked to her, you know, like she's cleaned my teeth before, and I'm like, oh, you know, sorry that, and she's like girl, you don't even know the mouths that I've seen. And, like, I'm, like, gross. I don't want to hear about it because that just sounds awful to me. And she's, like, telling me about, like, rotting teeth and horrible smells that, like, come out of people's teeth, like, when you have to, you know, break them open or whatever. And it's just, like, "Eh." (laughs) Um, yeah, so. And, like, if you don't have dental insurance in the United States, like, um, a dental school is a really good place to go because yeah, I don't know if before. it's free or for scale or for scale. Um, but so if anybody is listening and after this is like, hmm, I haven't been to dentist in a while, maybe I should go, but I can't afford it. 
you could have Dan and Harper uh, yeah. do, Check do and make teeth. sure if Harper's daydreaming, though, while you're having <laughs> Just be like, you're not thinking about your boyfriend's ass right now, are you? Because I want to know that prior to going into this situation. Let's talk about that first, get out of the way, and then yeah. think about my teeth next. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, I'll, I guess I'll talk about this here. I, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm naive and uh, live in a bubble. I can't imagine people being this chauvinistic in real I was life. thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to say anything, but I agree. I just can't, like, I don't know. And and I think people who are in kind of male-driven fields probably do encounter it more often than, like, me in the education field. But, know, okay. Which is very female but, So the one patient who they said was in his 50s and he was a curmudgeon, and but to be in your 50s in Philadelphia and then to be the kind of person who insists you have a male dentist just seems well and then the the legacy guys are also very um like say well, terrible were, things about her being and they were I just think is our legacy things just like kind of a northeast thing in general is like no, uh, like east coast things cuz somebody in the comments mentions that um they talked to a dentist about this and how legacy st- I think that's like a thing like okay and like we know we have friends that are I guess considered legacy in that their parents are it's like any and I think this happens a lot in like lawyer or um medical or dental where it's just like you have a lot of history with it because your parents did it or whatever and so it's just yeah I don't know but um I just have a hard time believing that in in this day, somebody would be so overtly. I think it would be, I definitely think, like, microaggression and passive-aggressive attacks are, like, I totally buy that. But just being straight up, like, you're a woman, you don't know jack shit, like, is so... I, I have a hard time, like, buying into that, personally. But I, I like I said, I could be in my own sweet little education well and there are people out in the world who like i said are are just dicks and do dickish things so you know and so they're just going to be dicks regardless yeah i I believe that it would happen (laughs) (laughs) i i I can see it (laughs) yeah that that makes me sad um okay what do we think of the side characters this can be pretty short because we've talked about a lot of them but you mean oh i like the (laughs) I liked the guy who owned the deli they went to. Yeah, yeah that was fun. that was yeah, a lot of fun. I was hoping like, he would come back. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll go back in the other books. In the um, other books. Yeah. I liked all her friends. I I really liked her friends in the way that they, because a lot of friends would just say, you know what, you're too much work. I'm out, because she was a lot of work to be a friend too. Um, and. I liked Alex. He was kind of a goofball, but yeah, I kept wanting to know more about what was going on with with Alex and two. two. Because um, by the end, are they not together? Well, or they seem to be they together. Seem, yeah, they seem to be together. And, okay. Because um, you know, like, and she's like, Harper's always like, "What's going on there?" And and, and she's like, "So are you guys a thing? Is this a like, thing?" Eh, don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> so they are gonna get a book if if because otherwise, why would we not? Why would we, as yeah, the readers, not be told what was going on with them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to 
see where that goes. Macy um, Eddings, tell us. Yeah, let, let us know. <laughs> or I guess I could explore. I On her Goodreads, it seemed like um, she had uh, Indira and Lizzie's book set up. And then she has two other books, but they, it didn't seem like it was about... Um, Not this series. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I'll, I'll keep looking, but side characters, um, yeah, I liked the girls, I liked Alex, and I, I, I mainly just appreciate, like I said, that, um, that she had, uh, somebody in her life who cared about her enough to just be like, you know, almost an intervention kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's got other books set to come out, and they don't seem to be about this same group. Well, no. I mean, the, her two that she has coming right. out next are definitely Lizzie and Indira, but the other ones don't seem to be about uh, two. So I'm kind of wondering if two and Alex will just happen in the background of the other ones. I can um, see that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh... Now let's talk about the conflict. Um, so here I would definitely define that as the blow up at the hospital and then the subsequent kind of split. Uh, agree, disagree. What did you think of that? Yeah, I would agree that's the conflict. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's going to be doing her residency in a hospital because that's where that's where she would be, I mean, right? She would be doing yeah. her residency or, in a hospital. Or, yeah. So yeah. she's going to, I mean, I mean, I know it's surgery, so she's not going to be taking histories, but like if, if, if a patient is um, incapacitated or not able to answer, they're going to ask for the history from the person who's sitting there. So right. that's not inappropriate. And she's in the medical field. Like I know that, and again, I'm critiquing her, and I realize where she was coming from with this, but, like, I'm just critiquing her actions. Not, like, not like that this wasn't um, realistic, that she yeah. acted like that. But, um, yeah, like, yes, it's absolutely normal for someone to ask about, to the person who brought you into the hospital, like, if do you know their history and that sort of thing, if the person can't respond, and then even if they're not, like, the power of attorney or whatever... Or the power, the medical power of attorney, or, but then, Guardian um, or whatever. yeah, even if they're not that, like, they'll still ask whoever's with you. Yeah. And then, um, for him to be like, oh yeah, she has, she's had anxiety in the past, like, um. Well, and he brought it up because he, it was yeah. particularly re- relevant to this injury. She had just, she was having a panic attack. Right. And blacked out and fell and hit her head. Right? As a I medical mean, profession, yeah. as a medical professional, wouldn't you want a complete history from your patient? So, like, yeah. Harper, like, wouldn't you want to know all of this stuff from your patient and know the whole story? So, do you see why the doctor wants to know that too and why Dan would be sharing this with him? So, that was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, so it's kind of like what we've been saying. It's a very self aware frustrating because. She even in her head is saying she recognizes that it's okay what he did, but that she needs to push him away because, and, um, I think less so with that, with like, she's, I think she is legit angry that he has shared this thing about her. Um, but, and she more, I don't know. 
The way she lashes out is what is in, it's intense. <laughs> is, is what it is. Is awful. Yeah. Um, and she, but that's what I mean is she like recognizes that it's awful and yeah. she's doing it intentionally well, for better or for worse. Um, cut to push him away. Yeah. Um, and, and also kind of like I said earlier, because it was already so frustrating for me that, um, she wasn't just telling him to get out of dentistry and because he obviously didn't want to do that. And then to use that again. Against him where she's like you know just leave if you hate it so much just leave and it's like well why didn't you say this earlier like in a more supportive in a way more loving way like now you're <laughs> using that against him and that seems like particularly cruel um so yeah. but like i said it's it's kind of lessened in that it's very self-aware but it's still kind of hard to read and so I was glad that she then is the one that does. You're taking my line. Whatever. Because <laughs> um, I was also, I felt this way also. So whatever. But my thing was, I didn't want her, I didn't want him, him to be the one that ended up doing the grand gesture because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And and I was worried, like when they started texting each other and stuff, I was like, oh, I'm afraid that he's going to be the one that comes I mean, running. Or does... I was afraid he was going to show up at the graduation or yeah. something like that. Or he, he even yeah. does more than he should because uh, I he's know. the one that initiates kind of like the conversation I still love you yeah even when she doesn't freaking answer her stupid phone um surprised you haven't mentioned that yeah that did um, frustrate me but uh yeah but at least she didn't answer her phone but then turned around right immediately and went yeah. there it's not like she was consciously like yeah um but because of because of what happened in boyfriend material sometimes when they go to meet someone um, that gives me anxiety because yeah. it's like, what if he's not there? Like maybe just or there's a girl in his apartment or something <laughs> like that. I knew, I maybe knew just that give was him a heads up. <laughs> well, I think the fact that he just texted her that he's still in love with her was kind of gave her the okay to follow yeah. through. Yeah. Um, and I was, I'll say, I was definitely like most engaged at this point, and I found that I found this to be like her best paced section. I mean, I think I haven't mentioned this earlier but i think a lot of this book there's not a lot that happens in the rest of this book um it's a lot of just kind of you know well i, I was always shopping. surprised that yeah they would there would be a chapter and then the chapter would end and then the next chapter would start like right where the last chapter ended and so there was just wasn't a lot of time progression that took place yeah and so i i i liked this section and i liked that it kind of gave us this flash forward where she has started taking care of herself she's started going to therapy she's on medication she's you know making that that kind of progress before she gets together with dan again so i'm i was glad that that was happening and that we kind of had this um jump forward i guess sorry i had that hiccup like locked and loaded for a while, while i was trying <laughs> to get that sentence out um so i i i I liked that last, like, 10% of the book or so. I thought it was well done. Um, I actually cried a couple times. But it's because you were reading it at 4 o'clock so I was in the reading it at 4 in the morning. Yeah. Um, what part did you cry at? Just, I cried, I think, when she was yelling at him in the hospital because that broke my heart. Poor sweet Dan. Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. I cried when, uh, I cried at the end when they got back together. It was sweet. Don't judge me. It's fine. I don't judge. <laughs> I don't judge on crying. Okay. Um, 
Let's talk about sex, baby. Sex. Well, this is they one of the reasons it. I thought this was kind of women's fictiony is that the sex was pretty. I think it. I mean, it. This is. I think a lot of the sex is kind of where it reads somewhat new adulty for me as well. Just like the constant like erections and things like that. Um, but, um, I mean, here's here's what I haven't mentioned. There's a lot of, um, I mean, we're going to talk about Sweeney moments, but there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, ooh, like, a lot of titillating scenes in this book where, um, because the sex in this book is definitely hard-earned. Like, they have a lot of, like, close encounters without much reward, and, you know, he's always, like, he's like, nope, I'm not going to do that until you're ready. Nope, I'm not going to touch you until you're ready nope I, i'm not I gonna kiss to you until you're ready I kiss you i don't want our first sex to be when you're drunk i yeah. don't want and so like you know we were we were working we were sludging through to get to that sex scene so when it's when it comes it's like okay cool finally thank you Jeez, it's getting blue balled over here <laughs> um but yeah any thoughts Catherine, on on the sex no don't really have any thoughts it seems yeah, like it's, you it's covered pretty, it they had yeah they had sex. Yeah. They seemed to happen. enjoy it. A lot. They had a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of, yeah, because they, like, I mean, they had, like, 36, they you know, hours. They did a 36-hour bank there at yeah. the beginning, and then, boom, yeah. they, were, they were at it. Yeah, I would have a hard time doing homework in that in those circumstances as well. <laughs> you knew that that was going to happen, though, that when they hooked up, it was going to, you That's know, throw something off academically that then she was just going to read way too much into and be like, yeah. Yeah, I, that was another thing where, cause where, her, where I was definitely like team friends, where her friends are just like, you need to be able to have a social, like a personal life. Well, the, and the best line was when she said, you know, when I'm with him, there's no balance because I only think of him. And she says, and they were like, there's no balance when you are only doing schoolwork. Yeah. That's not balanced. Yeah. 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 yeah very true. Um, what is your swooniest moment, Catherine? I liked the study room where he was like they were like pointing out the different um, yeah that well, that was, was good yeah. <laughs> the different muscles that was a good yeah. one yeah yeah that's what I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of moments because I mean that's a good one I have a good one what's yours mom I'll let you go first uh, the one that came to my mind was just when she was having her anxiety attack at the party and he just went in and he just shut the door and he's just like okay we're gonna work through this yeah. and I love. I love a guy that's protective. Helps yeah. helps a girl through a thing. Um, honorable mention to grocery store shopping. I thought that, that was really cute and racing um, shopping carts. Racing shopping carts and talking about junky snack food. I really uh, uh, felt seen in the in the snack, <laughs> especially college Ellen. Like really felt seen in the snack food. Uh, like all, I feel like all I ate in college was like we would buy those big huge like milk carton jugs of uh, goldfish crackers and I would just like pour a cup of those and just like <laughs> guzzle baseline uh, <laughs> goldfish crackers um, so I, I I definitely uh, felt seen by that but I think my swooniest moment <laughs> was just the the crash into uh, in, into crash. oh they'd be cute yeah no the um the song when they're oh, listening okay. the, oh. when they're listening to the song and dancing the Dave in Matthews the song kitchen crash into me yeah crash into me i couldn't remember if it was crash into me or crash into you um but um 
I, I just like that. And I and I also um really like I mean I think everybody does to a certain extent, but um like songs have a very like um like recalls very specific well, times. Well that whole in my thing life. when she was like, We gotta pick a song, we gotta have a yeah, song. <laughs> I thought that was cute too. But um so I there's just there's a lot of like because he was always kind of pushing and trying to get her to like kind of react physically to him. There was a lot of um very kind of like oof oof like this would definitely work on me. I don't know why it's not working on you, girl. Uh, so. How are you keeping your hands off of that? Um okay, so that's a lot from us. Let's hear start hearing from some of the other listeners besides Catherine. Not that we haven't totally enjoyed that, Catherine. Um and hear what they think. Uh, Jesse says, I really loved this one. I related so much to Harper as a character, perhaps too much at times, but overall really appreciated how thoughtfully the author represented a character with anxiety. Dan was such sweetie. He met Harper and he was a goner. There was perhaps a little too much back and forth in the beginning, but I could see how it made sense with Harper's issues causing her to self-sabotage. Overall, they had great chemistry and I loved their banter. This was a stellar debut novel and I can't wait to read more from Maisie Eddings. Yeah, that also needs to be stated that this is her first book and um, really well done. I, um, I commend her on that. Uh, Cassie says, I really liked this book. I laughed out loud while reading a few times and I appreciated the anxiety representation, even though it made the second half of the book a bit heavier to read. I don't know that I've ever read about a dentist before, so that was unique too. Overall, I don't think that this book will stick with me long term, but I enjoyed it while I was reading it and that's enough for me. Yeah, I I get with that too. Um, Arthur wrote in and has thoughts. He says, uh, hi, no yomos. I'm ranking a brush with love as a like. I'm not the biggest fan of the insta love trope, but there was enough chemistry, albeit the kind that could become quite cringy, between Harper and Dan to compensate for how that kicks off their quasi friends to lovers dynamic. A favorite moment of mine is Harper revealing her tattoo of the first anatomical drawing of a maxillary canine. I appreciate the book's focus on dentistry, especially considering its profession that's become the target of much fear and derision. Granted, I myself have never really been terrified to see a dentist, so maybe that's why it was easy for me to find this material engaging. I've been seeing more and more contemporary romance authors tackle mental health. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Particularly when it comes to anxiety disorders. And I think Maisie Eddings does the job in an honest and respectful fashion. I'm very glad that a trigger warning was included in the beginning. While I don't feel like this was as nearly as heavy as something like The Heart Principle. That's the book you're talking about. Hello. uh, This certainly wasn't a breezy romance all the way through. But then we've got my problems with the book. First off, why would Harper chastise Dan for trying to speak up on her behalf? against that misogynistic as hell patient, then be so lenient towards Dan for gut-punching Jeff. It doesn't make sense. It was immature of him to go for the assault, and it certainly feels uncomfortable after the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed uh, two Lizzie, Indira, and Alex as their buddies, I wish the story could have utilized them better. Even though it's supposed to be like they're close with Harper and Dan, it actually came off as if they didn't know the dental students very well. 
As for Harper herself, I was surprised by how callous she could be towards Dan and her friends. The way she belittled Dan's family baggage in the third act was especially appalling, and I can't believe he was willing to forgive her for that. I know she's supposed to be dealing with her anxiety, but it doesn't give her the license to act so thoughtlessly. The fact that Dan's cinnamon roll personality can be a bit too over the top doesn't help, and that's saying a lot when it comes from someone who's all for cinnamon rolls. I wish I could give this book a higher rating, although I enjoyed Maisie's prose enough that I'll keep an eye out for her sophomore novel. Um, yeah, those are all good thoughts. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's interesting that he brings up, and maybe this is why he brings it up, the Oscar slap, because I think Dan even says something to him, like, keep her name out of your mouth. <laughs> Doesn't he say a line keep your Harper's name, name out of your yeah, effing he does, mouth? She does, he does say that about, like... And they, I, she she definitely had written that before the she, yeah she came. had yeah, but, yeah. I, mean, I think the book itself came out in March which I think is when the Oscars were yeah but I um, mean, there's a line though very similar to that yeah that uh, is true about the friend group like that's sort of when we were talking about the side characters I sort of felt like I didn't know them that well um like I like I'm interested to see more sides of them once we get their books um, yeah. And I'm glad we get their books because it kind of like Lizzie and Indira especially is sort of like party, party, but like for Harper to have be so close with them, like you know that there's something deeper there and something more than just party, party. Otherwise, she's, she wouldn't have clicked with them. Yeah. Um, and then the part about people being afraid of dentists, I was thinking that a lot of dentists in media like little shop of horrors like they're the <laughs> they're the bad guys so yeah. um that that is it was kind of a cool a cool thing to see and maybe it will make people less afraid of the dentist i doubt it because people who have that fear it's pretty deep-seated but maybe the dentist now though is so painless compared to what it used to be like and i makes me sound like an old old lady but <laughs> um <laughs> whatever but you know it's so much there's very little pain associated with the dentist. i don't know I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not terrified of the dentist, but I never enjoy the dentist. Like the, the like scratching. Yeah. I don't like that sound. That's terrible. Yeah. The sounds are what bother me more than what I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't know that they always seem like I had the last girl who cleaned my teeth. It wasn't our friend. So I can say this, but she was just going like when she was doing that, she was hitting my gums like crazy and I was like well maybe you need to floss more I'm like no <laughs> it was like on over my tooth yeah I don't know what you maybe want you to need do. to floss more I was okay I was a child though who was terrified of getting my teeth pulled like yeah I like if I had a, lo- a loose tooth I would not tell my parents to the point where, like, I had one and I swallowed it one time. Oh, no. Corn on the cob. And I looked at their corn on the cob and I was like, there's blood on your well, corn. Well, <laughs> my, mom, my mom kept, because she kept telling me, I, and I just would not let my parents come near my mouth if I had a, a wiggly tooth. And so I had a wiggly tooth. The mom's like, you better let us pull that out or you're going to swallow it. You better let us pull it out or you're going to swallow it. And we were camping and I was eating corn on the cob. And I looked down and, because this is, you you didn't see the blood. I, I saw the blood and I was like. And I put it down, and then I ran to the bathroom, and I realized I lost my tooth, and I was, just, and I realized I had swallowed it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't tell mom because <laughs> it's the whole issue your eye out scenario." Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then, then like a couple days later, you were like, we were talking, and you were looking at me, and you're like, "Did you lose your tooth?" And I was like, 
Yes, I swallowed it. I didn't want to tell you. And, um, so we wrote a note to the tooth fairy. We wrote a said, note to Dear the tooth, tooth fairy, fairy. I and swallowed then, my tooth. And then I had another tooth that was loose, and I did not want to tell you guys. And then I had to end up going into the dentist because what happened was my new tooth was growing up underneath the loose tooth, and it ended up shattering broke the, the, tooth. the loose tooth and broke the loose tooth. And so they had I had to go in the dentist because they had to then pull out all of the shards of this tooth. So it just ended up be, being a bigger thing than if I had just let you guys pulled it out. Um, so, yeah, so I was not ever a fan of... Well, and then she, one of her front teeth was loose, and we had a friend over, and he said, let me pull that tooth. No, both of my front teeth. Yeah, both your front teeth. So he pulled out... The one tooth, and then he pulled out, did he pull out both? Yeah, he pulled out both. And so he wanted to do the tooth fairy, spoiler alert, there's no tooth fairy. And uh, <laughs> and he wanted, and he, so he wanted me to leave 20 bucks under her pillow for each tooth. And I was like, okay, that's not a precedent we're going to start. I can't afford to give my kids $20 every time they lose a tooth. <laughs> so he was really disappointed that I wouldn't let him leave so much money. <laughs> You should have. I could have been balling. A balling seven-year-old. <laughs> anyway, I, and I saw I saw a meme about because you know I've been working with kindergartners and um, some teacher posted a thing where she's like, I work I work in kinder I work in first grade I think is what she said and it's a wild time. She's like, children's teeth are literally pushing their they're literally losing bones constantly <laughs> and it's just a wild time to be alive <laughs> that's so true like every day i had a kid come to me like miss lloyd i have a loose tooth and they're like uh. <laughs> i'm like i don't want to see that anyway there's my tangent about teeth. my my loose my loose teeth um victoria says i really liked this one probably my favorite new release in a while i found the depiction of harper's anxiety disorder very real and although sometimes heavy it really made me care for her i liked that her anxiety was something that had always been there and not only the result of trauma from her mother's death dan is a really uh is a contender for book boyfriend of the year their banter and chemistry were great and Although I hate dentists, the setting made it a lot of fun, uh, uh, made for a lot of funny scenes. I'm looking forward to reading her next book. Um, P.S. This book did, however, ruin that Dave Matthews song for me. I uh, lived just fine not knowing the meaning. Yeah, I, because I was listening, I turned it on after they, after that scene, and I was listening to it, and I was looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, what is this song about? And then I went on Genius and looked at, like, the lyrics meaning. And it straight up is about, like, a stalker. A stalker. So I was like, oh, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> oh, Dave Matthews. Oh, Dave Matthews. Uh, Dana says, who knew dentistry could be so alluring? I sure didn't. I really enjoyed this one. The romance c connection was steamy enough, and I really loved Harper schooling Dan on all things professional. The realistic discussion of anxiety as well as Jewish culture were both pluses for me and added depth to the story. I could have honestly used a little bit more of the Jewish culture because it was kind of like Especially mentioned and Especially since the two away. of them are from very different cultures. Yeah. Yeah, and it would have been interesting to have. Well, but he doesn't identify with he that. He doesn't culture really. Very I get, much. I get that. Anyway, Dana continues. Um, I also loved Harper's Friends and even found the depictions of dental school projects interesting. I enjoy this contemporary and will pass it on to others. Perhaps my dentist. Should we give this? <laughs> Not <our> mine. <laughs> I would maybe recommend it to his daughter. Yeah, I would. I would. Could who's see that. a dental hygienist? 
Um, Jen says, I liked this book. The first half of the book was five stars for me. Dan is a sweet cinnamon hero I adore. Harper was very impressive. Their banter was great. It dealt with mental health issues and sexism. Then the second half of the book really slowed down, and it was frustrating seeing Harper go into an anxiety spiral. I never understood the purpose of the evil dentist family. I thought that they would be part of the conflict, but that didn't happen. Um, overall, it was an enjoyable read. That's kind of interesting because I think I was kind of the opposite. I think the beginning is more enjoyable, but I think the beginning was a little bit more slow-paced for me. I think I was kind of more engaged when the shit was starting to hit the fan, for lack of a better term. Um, but Well, I think she's referring more to the just what you were saying about how yeah. it got tiring, her pushing him away yeah. and pushing him away. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely fair. Um, Teresa wrote in an email that is lengthy, so buckle up. Um, I'm conflicted about this one. There are several things I enjoyed, but also others that I'm not too sure about. If I weigh both sides, I guess my overall response is a little above meh. Uh, the things I'm not sure about. This is a personal pet peeve that I don't think bothers anyone else, but I really don't enjoy descriptions of exaggerated emotions and physical responses. Yes, when you are attracted to someone or are in love, you feel physical manifestations of those emotions. I understand goosebumps, stomach bloops, and heart palpitations. We've all been there. But whenever I hear someone say that they felt like their skin was on fire or that they were about to die or some other hyperbole about their feelings, it's hard for me to not roll my eyes. I don't think a burn victim would agree that being touched by someone you're attracted to is like being on fire at all. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Got dark. <laughs> It just takes me back to the angst and melodrama of being a teenager or new adult, those who haven't had enough life experience to understand what real pain is. This was happening in both Harper and Dan's chapters repeatedly. I googled certain words or phrases that kept popping up throughout the book. Breath or some inability to breathe properly was mentioned 145 times. <laughs> Something happening to the skin was mentioned 109 times. And some version of frazzled nerves was brought up 33 times, which seemed low to me. There was so much repetition. Um, I did notice some repetition as well. There well, were things I think that were... the problems breathing is not just a romantic thing. It was also her... That includes effects. all of her anxiety yeah. stuff. So... Um, but I did notice there was there was things that they would say to each other that I'm like, we've already had this conversation before, right? <laughs> like that where they were telling each other kind of the same things. So I noticed that repetition. But anyway, um, Teresa continues. That said, I am very conflicted about my reaction because I really appreciated Edding's portrayal of someone with chronic panic disorder. I don't know anyone about, I don't know anything about anxiety disorders, so everything that Eddings described could very well all be true. Perhaps that is exactly how each day feels to those who suffer from clinically diagnosed anxiety, in which case I think, I thank Eddings for exposing readers to this and disregard everything I've just said. Um, I also didn't understand Dan's attraction to Harper. Whenever he mentions how much he likes her, he talks about her passion for dentistry. Nowhere else in the book does Dan talk about anything else he likes. So why does he love her so much? Then as their relationship progresses, Harper is doing this push and pull with him, getting a little closer each time, then pushing him away again. I was frustrated for Dan, who was so patient throughout this. I know some of it had to do with Harper's anxiety, which is why I'm conflicted about this as well. There's a strong likelihood that 
that she simply can't help herself. But that lends to my frustration too, because all I'm doing is screaming out a fictional therapy, a fictional character to get therapy. I thought, please, please get therapy so you can treat yourself and Dan better. He deserves better than this. Now, the things I loved. Dan. I love a cinnamon roll hero and Dan just checked all the boxes. Anyone that's patient and respectful but also, but still assertive about pursuing you is the perfect balance of quote-unquote being a man without choking on toxic masculinity. I mentioned this earlier but Eddings did a wonderful job showing what the mind of someone with CPD is like. I wasn't even aware this existed. With this bit of understanding I'm certainly more sympathetic to those with mental health struggles the minute Harper got therapy, the book turned around for me, and I began to enjoy it more, which was the last 10%. The side characters, some of the best parts throughout the story involved Harper's friends. I loved how supportive they were of Harper and never pushed too far beyond her comfort level. They were all very funny and helped lighten some of the heavier moments with Harper. And then finally, the dentistry background. This one will probably be, just be me. I used to manage the LA chapter of the American Dental Association, so I got a kick out of the very real portrayal of dental school, except the legacy students. Most legacy dental students aren't assholes like Travis and Jeff. Um, yeah, that felt a little over the top to me as well. And I'm not anything to do with. Well, I don't know that that had so much to them being legacies as just being from a family full of a-holes. Yeah, that's good. There was something she said about the insta-love that, um, like, it, that might, I, about how, like, we didn't really know why why Dan liked her. Yeah. That's might be why I don't always gravitate toward insta love because I want to be there when they're falling in love with each other and I mm -hmm. want to see it and like have those feelings too and like understand like oh yes like obviously you would be in love with her look how great she is. Well, um, and I think that's what also contributed to a lot of the new adult vibes for me is it feels very young because it feels very um, like you're just smitten with looks and um that's it because you have nothing else to go on because you don't know them that well um and uh I definitely got a lot of that from these two well I even said to Ellen I was like I totally get why she was in the or why she fell for Dan even though it took her so you know so long to admit it to herself but I couldn't always tell why Dan fell for her because she wasn't always easy to, for him to love. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely can. I like, I like seeing the moments that then lend towards falling in love because then it makes you like get it more. But I think Insta Love um, feels slightly more juvenile and slightly more like physical attraction based rather than like intimately you know yeah. connected well and what her other point where she, you know the hyperbole descriptions of yeah you know butterflies in the stomach and that kind of stuff that seems very young too yeah yeah well but you know i think it's still it's still sort of happening yeah whatever <laughs> Tells you a lot about my parents' marriage. <laughs> I um, love your dad. <laughs> Ruthie says, so what's up with me lately? Everything has been sort of meh. I guess I'm the odd one out on this one. It wasn't a love. Nothing wrong with the writing. Dan and Harper are both interesting, layered, and I liked them. I guess the beginning, after the cute falling meet cute, um, just showed Dan in love. Sort of too fast for me. I wanted more pre-love angst. Clearly this is because the conflict was due to come from Harper and her drive and her anxiety and Dan's family and career issues 
also well written. Just thought he was a little too perfect. He fell for her and then really he was patient, he waited, he never stopped caring for her. So that makes him swoony, but I found myself skimming to get to the plot points. Maybe it was somewhat predictable to me, however, I really liked the unique setting of dental school. Um, Ruthie, I think what, like, I think that's where I came in on this on, like, where, where you're at, and, but now I think that we've talked about it for an hour. I feel <laughs> like I'm, I, it might be, like, one of those place and time things for me yeah. where I would, I would give, I think I can see myself giving this a love if I had read it at a different time or um all in one sitting or something like same. that yeah so I I, I was I would say when I going into this conversation I was where you were at Ruthie so you're not alone but now I now you're alone because I've changed my mind <laughs> we've turned you, we've turned you. <laughs> I, I mean because I'm not completely different I th- I I feel um I feel like more men than some of some people I guess is um but yeah, I think I recognize that that might just be me is kind of where I am at. Um, Jennifer says, what an impressive debut. And Eddings wrote this while she was attending dental school. I saw on Instagram that she graduated last month. Kudos to her accomplishments. I love this book. It's laugh out loud funny and written so well. I love Dan and how he was smitten with her right from the start. Her circle of friends is hilarious. Lizzie's book is next, followed by Indira's. Hooray. So many funny quips and funny moments like Dan protecting Harper from Judy the cat. And who knew <laughs> grocery shopping together could be so swoony. Um, Dad's, Dan's dead dad, say that ten times fast, is a strong contender for worst villain of this year. Uh, near the end when stuff gets real bad with her anxiety, it made me frustrated with her refusal to get therapy slash medication, but I think that's an honest portrayal of inner roadblocks to seeking help for oneself. But boy, that was a brutal breakup scene. My heart was breaking. I think Eddings is very skilled at portraying emotions and inner thoughts on the page. Also, this book made me see for the first time why someone would be so passionate about dentistry. Well done, Dr. Eddings. Yeah. Oh. Cute. Um... Precious says, wow, debut, hand clap emoji. Uh, Finished and I liked it. Almost more partial to the beginning. The second half that tackled anxiety, mental health, and the pressures of school were accurate portrayals, in my opinion. Um, Mental health. M-H. Mental health. Oh, mental health is unfortunately attached to a negative stigma. Respect, Dan. I felt he was in a difficult position. The story was relatively light, despite tackling deeper, darker aspects on life. Yeah, I will say that. Like... As far as for how heavy this book does get, it still was, like, an enjoyable light story. story. So I appreciate that. Um, Elizabeth said, hopefully I'm not too late. Never. Um, I loved this book. It was a bit slow, but I love this book so much. I adored Dan and Harper and loved the original story. I've never read a romance about dentistry. Yeah, it's popular opinion on this one. Um, and then Juliet, finally, she says, I really liked this book. I'm with Jen in that I had really high hopes for it to be a love through the first half of the book, obsessed with Dan, even though I kept picturing Gossip Girl Dan, which blurred. Um, agree to disagree. I think he's pretty. I'll tell you where I fell in love with Dan from Gossip Girl is he is so cute and swoony in Easy A. So if you want to, like, get on board with him in that book. I don't remember him from that. It was, is he the love interest in Easy yeah. A? yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's the kid that's a mascot. Because Dan, yeah, Dan is the, is, uh, what's his name? Begley. Yeah, Ben Badgley, right? Wow, I need to, I need to watch that again. I have no memory of there being a mascot. He's very cute in it, too. Like, I mean, like, 
yeah, like top notch teen romance uh, yeah. male guy. Like he's so he's so sweet. Anyway. That was my tangent for that. Um, but he is so sweet. That's referring to Dan from the book. Um, and his goofiness and kindness bringing out a more playful and carefree version of Harper was delightful to watch. I really liked it up until the conflict. And my issue isn't the anxiety spiral or blowout fight. It's the four months between the fight and the makeup. Time jumps in the middle of a conflict are one of my all-time least favorite things. And to be honest, I felt like it wasn't necessary in this case and didn't further the plot that much for them to be apart. I definitely understand that they both needed to be in therapy and I'm glad they figured that out during their time apart, but I felt like a couple weeks or a month might have been enough time without them being miserable for longer than necessary. Overall, I really enjoyed it and have really already been pushing some friends to read it, but the resolution left me a little unsatisfied, especially because I enjoyed the first half of the book so thoroughly. I could just be on the picky side, though. Everything has felt very middle of the road for me since reading Book Lovers in May, which oh. we will read in August, I think. The, yeah. um, there was a point that she made that I wanted to comment on, and now um, I can't I wanted to comment on, um, oh, the four-month time jump. Yes, me too. Um, I will agree to disagree on that. I think it is kind of necessary. I think that they, I'm glad that she had been in therapy for some time before they got back together. Cause I think that that was necessary. I think, I mean, it took her some time after he left to even admit that she needed to start going to therapy. So that took some time. And then I wanted her to be well into therapy like and have her medication set. Because that's it takes time. And, yeah. and so, like, if she went to one therapy session and then was like, I think I'm ready to be back with Dan, I'd be like, no, you're not. Go go some more. Um, and both of them needed therapy. So they both needed to yeah. do that. And I think it also helped that she had graduated and was going to be living where he was living. Yeah, that. which I, by the way, I saw that coming. Yeah, from saw that a coming mile away from way um, far away. As soon as she was like mentioned that New York was her top choice, I'm like, okay, so he's gonna go be in finance and she is gonna <laughs> go be in New York. This is happening. Yeah, so um, that was yeah. why that didn't like when that. That's another reason his whole conflict was just like didn't feel like a real conflict to me because it was just very obvious where it was headed yeah. and like, oh no, we're gonna be separated, but. Here's, um, he's going to end up in the same place. I had a problem with her on the, I'm going to be moving in five months. It's like, girl, get some for five months. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't understand. That's Which all... we've, we've, we've encountered that before where somebody leaving or somebody making some big life altering change is like this big catalyst for them yeah. not wanting to be in a relationship. And it's like, first of all, like, that's just life, man. Like you just gotta. Yeah. Well, and like. Try the relationship out for five months, and then by the end of five months, you should know, is it going to be worth it to do it long distance, or is it not, not going to be worth it to do exactly. call yeah. it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that five months is enough time to figure that out. I mean, I, especially because I started dating someone long, long distance, distance, so I really had no, uh, like, sympathy for that argument yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So, any final thoughts from us on... A brush with love before we start to get to know Catherine a little bit better. I, I think really it's a good book. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. And I was trying really hard to read it with an open mind and not be tainted by all the other uh, mental illness books we've read recently. So, yeah. 
I think um, I, I I think what I said to Ruthie kind of sums up how I feel about it where I it took me like a long time to get through like I was kind of slogging through it but um in a in a different reading and if I'd picked it up a different time I can see it being a love and I yeah. would I'll, I'll continue reading her books yes I I I mean especially lately I've just had to recognize that a lot of it is time and place for me and um I'll be curious to see if I start enjoying books a little bit more this summer. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, but especially if like I can intersperse it more with books that I want to be reading, although a lot of them might be for nine-year-olds. So we <laughs> shall see. Um, There's some really good ones. There is. I know there are. Um, okay. So with that being said, now is the time when we want to get to know Catherine a little bit better. And um, ask her about her, you know, reading history, what she's into, what she's not into. Um, and just get, you know, because, like, Catherine, you've been around for a little while. I feel like you've been with us for... I'm not an OG, but um, I've been I don't, around There's no OGs. For, um, but besides you and me. Aren't there, are there not people who started listening from the first episode? Um... Probably. I don't know. We didn't yeah. really pay that much attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, I guess when you started the Facebook group, is that when you started? Yeah, we have, like, we have, we have people that are... have been around definitely for a long time. Um, and uh, and we, once Penny mentioned us, then it became, it really took off. Yeah, for sure. That, I've that... been, I've been around for three years. Okay. Okay. That seems like longer. It seems, but that's, that's a long time. I, I, com- I, com- I comment a lot. Yeah, you do. Yeah, which we appreciate we love, it. Which we love, Catherine. <laughs> Um, okay, so first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, that as comfortable as you are, you know, what you do, where you are, anything like that. I'm a social worker slash children's book author in Texas, and, um, yeah, I mostly read books all the time, um, but it's just been such a pleasure being part of your book club for the past, you know, three years, and, like, it's just been... It's just been such a treat to to be part of it, and and I'm glad that they come out on Mondays because I feel like, um, like this past school year especially, like part of like what was getting me out the door was like okay I'll put on the podcast and like get get out the door and then I can listen to that on my commute. So it's like getting me getting me going for the week. So I think y'all are doing very good work here. Thank you. Well, we try doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we just, we decided on Monday, I think, just because it worked. <laughs> We're like, well, we know we'll always probably be able to get it done on a, at some point during the weekend that we'll just get it out on Monday. Um, but yeah, we get that a lot that people, it's like their bright spot on, on their Monday, Monday. morning. Um, okay. So what was your gateway drug into reading romance? Are you a lifelonger? Did you kind of come late to the game? Where, where are you? For me, it was the Kindle. Um, and getting Kindle Unlimited was once I had a Kindle, like all of the Kindle Unlimited books were basically romance. But I think the way that I read and what I like as a reader had me predisposed to like romance. Um, I like to read a lot, which is a very romance reader thing to do. I don't care as much about the like being surprised. I want I care about character relationships. I care about the banter. If I could just have the characters sitting at lunch talking and I want the whole conversation, I want to know everything that was said. So, like, I 
think I was very like positioned to be a romance reader but then that's how I found like um some of the early stuff was like such a mix because I was just not sure what to get so I was just getting what was ever on Kindle Unlimited so and also I wasn't like reading what it was about first because I didn't want to be spoiled so I was reading all sorts of wild romance books um like age 19 like oh my like I didn't know um (laughs) this was what this was going to be about. But um, yeah, I think I found Penny Reed early on too, was one of them. And then, um, and then it dipped a little bit because I've always really liked YA and YA romance Mm -hmm. too, ever since I was younger, like from YA all the way, like I was still reading YA. And then um, when I started writing, um, I started reading romance novels as a way to study like dual points of view like I started reading them again and so I just kept it up cool um yeah I was definitely always a what in fact when I was um studying children's lit in college I I basically found every opportunity to read like YA romance I was like yeah this, I'll, this will be my own special pocket of uh of expertise is YA romance and um so I, I haven't read I haven't read one in a long time though. Um, Doesn't translate to kindergarten teaching, does it? No, <laughs> I don't even think I could do that in fourth grade. I can't do a YA romance. Probably. I'm I'm actually listening to one right now, and I feel like the narrator and the um, the book are so well matched. Um, but it's actually set in freshman year, which is very unusual. Like these days, like that's not really common in 2022 like it's very much like if you read like Rachel and Solomon's YAs like like her last one they were first day of college like a lot of that stuff is a lot older but it's called time travel for love and profit and the narrator is um like super well matched for the book so I've been listening to that cool but yeah like YA Um, romance yeah I, I I was always YA as well um okay so what is your favorite book or one of your favorite books romance or otherwise yeah um I like my favorite book recently was really the the tentrons to seduce your best friends I really really like that I don't like picking a favorite book but um and then favorite books that I think you need to have on your classroom shelf like yeah. Take Back the Block by Crystal D. Giles. Um, I loved that one. Um, it's like about a little boy who is encountering gentrification in his neighborhood, which like could be like a really heavy topic, but instead it's just like hilarious. And um, he's very fashionable, which I feel like you don't see in a lot of kids' books, but he's just like very, like very fashionable. And then um, I already have my pick for like the Newberries. I have this year, which is, like, a little early, but, like... Tell um, me the name of that book again. So, the, the first book I said was Take Back the Block okay. by Crystal D. Giles. Okay. Um, and then another book is The View from the Very Best House in Town by Mira Trahan. And that's my pick for... Um, that's Newberry. my pick for the Newberry, yeah. I, it's told in three points of view. One of the points of view is, like, The Very Best House in Town, so it's um the actual house so it's just like really funny I listened to it on audio and I thought it was the the narrators were perfect for it so yeah those those are some good books um that I've read recently but I don't like picking a favorite overall but I will say well I know this is a question coming up but like contemporary and rom-coms is where I 
where you find your, cont- your joy. Yeah, contemporary romance and, well, even, like, yeah, even in middle grade, like, I feel like, and in YA, I feel like I'm mostly in contemporary or, like, the Molly Harper, Juliet Cross, like, the the contemporary-esque paranormals where they're yeah. just, like, really humorous. Yeah. I like that a lot. We, we're definitely on that boat yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite genre besides romance like you I guess you, YA is, seems to be yeah I, yeah young adult and middle grade okay cool kids books yeah. and is that what you've written like do you are you published Catherine yeah I am oh, um cool. so I have one audible original out now that's a middle grade Cute. um and that one is called Margarita in the Spotlight Okay. Um, and it has it has country music in it too, Cute. like that. I I wrote the I wrote the lyrics and I wrote yeah. the, um. The, but when it got published, Audible like had this couple like compose entire songs with actual wow. instruments and singers and stuff as part of it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um. Uh. What. So you're, you've mentioned your favorite romance subgenre, so yes. rom-com, contemporary, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite tropes? I like a meddling family. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I've said this before on the free-for-all, like, I really think of myself as, like, the meddling family, like, unless as the hero or the heroine, so mm-hmm. I really love it when the family like knows ahead of time like oh we knew this was gonna happen or yeah just like or like they they're involved somehow like well because you were who recommended uh like dial a for aunties right and i did yeah yeah, um yeah i i remember that um yeah okay that's a good one and that's a unique one that's not always one that like a go-to for people i like a retelling um okay yeah because i honestly sometimes sometimes i like the contemporary like romance retellings of the book better than the original which <laughs> yeah, I can get that is probably like you know probably sacrilegious to say or something but <laughs> sometimes I do sometimes I I do really like listen some of those better. like originals that they're based on are like kind of busted and um not always like the most yeah timely or appropriate they or just whatever. take something and then approve upon it yeah exactly much funnier so yeah um, what would you recommend to someone trying to get into romance? Which I know every time I ask this question, I add the caveat that I recognize that it's... Depends on the person. Depends on the person. But oh, like, like, which book would I recommend? Yeah. Um, definitely Aisha at last. Because I can, I can recommend that to anybody. Yeah. You know, like, that's the, like, recommend it to oh, Aisha your at last. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I did not understand what you were saying the first time. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Aisha at last. Yeah. Um, I think that one is really good because then you can kind of go from there if they want something um, steamier like or steamier, yeah. Or well, it's a good one to show that. like mm-hmm. what what can be in romance, like the diversity and retelling and yeah. Um, and yeah, I think because it's it is based on familiar source material to a lot of people like well I think a lot of people also outside of the romance community think that we only read romance for the sex and so I think and there's not a kiss in that one is there I don't uh, or there is a kiss I don't think there is you might yeah you might be right on that I don't remember so anyway it's a way of showing romance without a lot of sex yeah yeah that's a good pick um who are some of your favorite authors right now that you're just like auto buying I guess 
Um, well, Vera Heron, um, was, uh, one that, um, I know we talked about in the group. I know Gail did one of her books last, or like the last free for all. Um, I, every time I read one of her books, I like it better than the last one. So I think I'm going to continue being an auto buy for her and auto read for her because I, I do really like that. I don't know if I've read one of her books, if I'm being so honest. So the, the latest one, um, Kamala Knows Best, uh-huh. is an Emma retelling. Oh, and I, I do like do that. You, you, do you like Clueless and all the other? Uh, yes. And I, and do I, you, I, Ellen? Do you like Clueless? Do I like Clueless? <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Paul um, Rudd in it? Then yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd. First of all, yeah, Paul Rudd is in it. Um, and yes, I... I, I love that movie is deeply ingrained in my blood and sinew and bones and it's i love that movie then maybe if you read one of hers i would read that one because i do i i do think that it's just so charming um i I really liked that one a lot but then when gail was Uh, talking about the other one yeah and i think she just had one that like almost made it onto the poll i feel like she's almost made it onto like many of our don't lists. worry i'm building a coalition okay and me and gail <laughs> we're you're, gonna get her on the list you're, you're creating an uprising <laughs> okay we're, we're, we're here for it me and gail and um jen if you want to join us we're yeah, gonna yeah. we're gonna get it onto the next list starting a little uprising um, within the group <laughs> and then also the same with um last time y'all had a guest on it was ruthie and um she was talking about jamie bennett and like after that and what got me was when she said if someone needs to just go on a Kindle Unlimited rabbit hole and read a bunch of books from the same author, and that's what—that's the wording that got me. I was like, "Yes, that's what I need that right is now." And so, <laughs> yes. So I went on a huge Jamie Bennett, um, like rabbit hole, and she was absolutely right in everything she said about how, like, eventually they become kind of the same. But it's nice to just read a bunch of books by the same author and know what you're getting into. So. That's my other coalition that I'm gonna build, and we're gonna try to try to get that one on the list. There you go. Um, I think you can say that with any author, like because we talked about that a lot with um, Sarah McLean. Like, um, anytime you go on like a binge of yeah. most authors, I won't say every author, but they all you kind of start to pick up on their structure, their like go to yeah. structure and go to like kind of formula for and even Julia how they plan. We we yeah for how they write mm-hmm. a book. Um, well, and even like when it doesn't happen, like I know a lot of people when Helen Huang did the third book and yeah. it was like a little bit different. People were like, oh no, this is when I when like I get she needed to write this, but this wasn't what I expected from this book. So I can. Um, so like, I can see why they would do it too. Like yeah. it's just their style. And also, um, that's why what readers also you. want. Yeah. 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 Um, and what got you started listening to us? Is there a book or? Yeah, I think I was, um, I like, remember it was like a very specific drive home that I had to do for my friend's house and I needed a podcast. And I think it was, I think it was the Alexa Martin book y'all did, um, but I'm not sure because I listened to a ton of your podcast. I just binged everything that I had read that weekend, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I know, I know the first one I didn't read, listen to was the Jasmine Guillory one. Cause I did, I did listen to that one after and cause you have referenced like in the Alexa Martin one, you were like, yeah, we said negative things about the Jasmine Guillory book. And then I went back and, um. But I, she is, I have been reading all of her books. I'm on hold for her newest one. And um, 
So I do I do like Jasmine Guillory a lot. Sorry. But Sorry. That's well, okay. I I wasn't offended by it. I actually like when I started listening and y'all would like talk about negative things you didn't like. It was kind of refreshing because I hadn't heard conversations like that or like you would be like talking about especially um Miss Mom. Um you would say like um like critiques you had about the character but not necessarily like their writing and so it's like refreshing to be like oh yeah we can just critique what the character did without saying like it was wrong for the author to write it like this so I do think it's nice that you include and I don't remember you being that mean in that book I just about that book I just think you didn't like that she turned off her phone and that started kind of a sequence of books where well, she, I should go back and listen to it it was so. a it was a <laughs> I, the thing I remember too is it was just weird the sex like the traveling back and forth every weekend and just have sex a lot of sex and yeah. it's like, oh I think I think too because they were traveling up and down California so y'all were like yeah we were in tune with what that <laughs> <laughs> well and I and I will say I won't like I won't name names but there started to be a little coalition of podcasters that were dming and because we all did not like that book and so and we were so we were like kind of bonding over the fact that like yeah we don't like it we like that book <laughs> everyone it... seems to like it but we don't like it <laughs> and yeah we and... should give another one of her other books a try because she is a yeah. very popular writer yeah and um and i i still feel i don't know there's there's a lot of uh, there's a few books that i don't know i always feel bad but it, you know we say this all the time but it's it's just hard because when you're reading it to talk about it, you read it very differently than, and that also might have had something to do with your approach to this book that we just talked about. Yeah, I mean, it felt very different being like, oh, I'm going to be on the podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, talking it's about it. It's definitely a very different um, reading experience that just kind of makes you read it differently and look for different things and um, and you know, we try really hard to never like, but I do sometimes badger. like hear, I sometimes hear your like when I'm just reading for fun, I'll like something will happen and I'll be able to hear mom saying like what, what her, what her opinion would be on that. <laughs> yeah. I have opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I think is cool. Cause it's like a book club. Like I think when I read the Rachel and Solomon, the first, uh, the X talk and she was talking about people having these relationships with the podcasters and thinking they were friends when they really weren't I was like oh my gosh are they going to talk about how we need to like set clear boundaries boundaries when y'all did it I was like okay we're good we're really friends you guys are the only friends we have yeah no literally I've told people that like before I'm like honestly like my podcast audience knows more about like what's going on with my life than like my straight up like real life friends do so um no that's I, I, I refer to you guys a lot as, like, my online friends. Or, like, I'll even say things like, well, we don't oh, have... my friend, my online friend, who I won't get into specifics about why I know this person, but they were just talking about that. Or... Yeah, yeah. Well, there aren't very many friends we have in real life that we talk to every week, and we talk to you guys every week. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's a, so true. A sign of adult friendship, right? <laughs> um, okay, what is a book that you would like to see us do on the show? I guess this has already been ans- asked and answered because you have your <laughs> coalitions that you're that you're starting. Well, listen, we're in full support of authors we haven't read before because we get yeah. really bogged down with authors that we've already done, like yeah. or a series. We've already done all the books in the series. We don't want to read another book. Yeah, I really had. To... I mean, we'll read the book in the series, but we don't want to do a show on it because especially on this last poll I felt bad but I got rid of a lot of the of the top voted 
books just because I'm like those are always going to be top voted I think yeah because they found you because they like Christina Lauren or yeah exactly there's Christina Lauren and even Penny Reed I you know it's like we can't do more Penny Reed we've done so many Penny Reed yeah, I mean, we'll I definitely, think, I mean, like, we will We do definitely it. read them, and we definitely and we'll talk definitely about them another, on the show. But and we'll we, probably do another Penny Raid. To be, it. like, really, if I wanted to be, like, really radical, since I've already told you about my coalitions, like, to go really out there um, would be, like, for the entire Hispanic Heritage Month, like, only read books by Hispanic authors, or the entire Black History Month, only reading books by Black authors, and still reading them, like, because I know that, like, there's been months where we don't read any author, or any authors of color, or there's been reading lists where there's no black authors on the entire list, and so, like, I know y'all have had a lot of conversations about, like, you don't have to write your own experience, but we also want to make sure that there's room on the bookshelf, like, for people who do have that experience, whether they're writing about characters with their own experience or not, yeah. um, so if we, if I was gonna go, like, what could we do? <laughs> what if we had like a whole like a whole reading list where it was all um, disabled authors? Oh, you know who I think? Because I know you've been looking for a, a deaf book by a deaf author. Have you read anything by Laura Brown? No, um, I don't so. Okay. And I don't know if she's a listener because I know she is like, when I go check on your Instagram page, like she's my only person that I like She's like also I follow but she writes she's deaf and she writes books with she's deaf and hard of hearing and she writes books with deaf characters and so I've been thinking about that a while that since like that's something that, that you've brought up that that yeah. could be um anyway no so I like I like I all of. those ideas and honestly and I mean there's a lot of times where when we're making the list I'm like I'm going to knock off this book and put this book on there because I think we need some more Diversity. representation or um, representation of authors, representation of genres. And so I try to kind of pick and pull from the poll as much as I can to kind of get some. But some... maybe when you put the poll out there, you could say, hey, you know, February is Black History Month. So let's yeah, I like I like that idea, Catherine. Um, or black authors. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so maybe we'll have to see what we can do to incorporate, even if it's maybe not the whole month, but you know, a couple or two or three. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, okay. That's my last question. Um, it's been a delight to have you. We so appreciate you coming on and listening to us for three years. That's, yeah. I mean, like, I don't even want to listen to us for three years. I never, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, when I, I really appreciate y'all. I appreciate this, this podcast. I feel like it's gotten me through so, so much. And just knowing that I can read the books and, 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 and participate, it's, it's just been so nice. And I appreciate oh, that y'all do this because you also have a lot going on. Oh, can I ask a question? Sure. Are you still writing books? I was honestly thinking last night I was like I should maybe like go back because um there was something about this book that kind of really reminded me of the book that I was starting to write um a while ago and um I was like maybe I should like go back to it honestly there's been times where I like write something and then I go back and read it and I'm like I don't even remember writing this. Like, so it's, it's kind of like, like an out of body experience. Yeah. So, um, uh, I was thinking maybe I might kind of revisit it maybe a little bit this summer. I'm, I, yeah. So yeah, just take your time this summer though, to like 
relax. And yeah. then if you end up writing a book, that'll be a bonus. Yeah, there you go. Bonus, bonus book. Um, it's not, it's not outside of the, it's not outside of my brain. It's still a thing that I would like to do, but, um, Cause yeah. you have read so many romance novels and you have talked about them in depth. So I, I, I have, we think yeah. that, but then we talk to someone like you who is like reading five books at one time. And I think, gosh, yeah, I'm really I usually not don't, I usually don't read five books at one time. This is just, <laughs> I think this happened because of reading the book for the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't consider myself an expert by any stretch because I feel like there's so many people out there that are so much more well-read than me, but, um, obviously I have opinions on, um, <laughs> and you have a skill set of doing computer stuff that is outside of my realm of, well, that's nothing to do with writing, really. Writing is just I mean, for doing process. the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it's been such a delight to talk to you. We're so yeah, glad it's been to so nice have you all. on the show. Um, so I'm going to close it up. Okay. Unless you have anything else. You I have, have nothing else to say. I, it was delightful having Catherine here. Yes. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on both Catherine and A Brush With Love by Maisie Eddings. Uh, we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On June 20th, I can't believe it's already like that far into June, what the heck? Uh, we will be chatting about Blindsided by Amy Dawes, which I've already mentioned. I think I am in need of some dirty rugby player love, so let's get into it. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Thank Catherine. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. To a lesser extent than Catherine. It was delightful meeting you, Catherine. Yes. And um, we'll see you around the Facebook group. And yeah. we'll see you guys all next time. Bye. 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 Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.